Will Wheaton going into detail on his quit from social media. Also, InfoWars' Alex Jones takes a fight with Republican Senator Marco Rubio. That wasn't really much of a fight. And The New Yorker has disinvited Steve Bannon to its annual festival. That caused a big kerfuffle. In fact, actually, all these stories were kind of big this week, but not quite big enough to make it to the top 10, as chosen by you out there via your interaction with our social media feed. So, what stories are in the big top 10 this week? We'll find out in mere moments on the weekly wrap-up show from thisisaconversation.com. And this is for the week ending September the 8th, 2018. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cliffin Payne. I put together this dialogue that's more or less a monologue to back and forth to each other between you and I and VR social media with this is a conversation that gets to the heart, the root, the real tempo of what you people are thinking. And yes, that means we go past the chirons and what the national news stories are putting out all day long and ask you essentially anything that pops up. You tell us which stories are actually the big ones and which angles are the ones you want to get to. And it's very simple. As I already said, it's all about social media. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And as you react to the stories in the feeds, we get more points. You get a greater reaction to the stories, adds into a nice, crazy-looking algorithm that goes into a spreadsheet. And then some numbers are crushed, a button gets pressed. It tells me from 10 to 1 who are the top stories every single week. So follow us on Facebook at This Is Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And like we said, like, love, share, hate, respond, reply to the the stories as they come down. And we'll know what's going on. Also, make sure you share our feeds and share what we're doing with friends, with enemies, with random strangers, anyone you want to. So we make sure we have the best conversations around on the best stories. So let's get to it. We will start counting them down 10 to 1 to tell you which stories were the biggest hits and which stories were kind of really big misses on the week. A lot of big things happened this week, including, spoiler alert, two stories that we posted within an hour or so out of Cincinnati, crime-related but unrelated to themselves, that both made it into the top ten. They were both pretty big quickly. So let's go ahead and get into this with headline number one. And in the number ten story this spot this week is Serena Williams and Venus Williams with another matchup that didn't go so great for one of them. Headline, Serena crushes Venus in flat Family U.S. Open showdown, posted on Friday, August 31st. A couple quick lines from the Reuters story where we pulled the link for the story. Serena Williams crushed older sister Venus 6-1 and 6-2 in a shockingly subdued third-round clash at the U.S. Open on Friday to stay on track for a record-equaling 24th Grand Slam title. The meeting between the famed tennis siblings has been hyped as the biggest night of the U.S. Open, but turned into a flat, uninspired spectacle as Serena simply outlasted her sister. Outclassed her sister, I should say. Um, didn't have to outlast her because it wasn't a very good match. This has turned into a theme lately where Serena, the younger sister, has just more talent than the older sister of Venus. It's just what's happened with time. Apparently, Serena is just the dominant Williams sister at this point, and going forward maybe they'll find their way into needlepoint competition in a few years once they get retired from the tennis stuff and we'll see if venus can overtake her sister again but serena will probably find a way to outlast her here as well headline for nine goes like this new jersey senator cory booker releases brett kavanaugh confidential documents this one gets a bump in response from the 10 story 
of 6.52% in overall response. Let's go to a few lines from this one. This one we go to a local website. The um, CBS Miami website is where we pull this one from. Here are some lines. One of the more contentious Senate confirmation hearings finally came to an end late Thursday. Late Thursday, Brett Kavanaugh emerged from two days of tough questioning in the Senate Judiciary Committee without having any obvious missteps that could imperil his confirmation as the justice who will pull the Supreme Court to the right and hand Donald Trump a generational presidential legacy. Good so far? Let's go down a little deeper and skip a few lines and go to the Cory Booker thing. New Jersey Democrat Cory Booker said he was ready to risk expulsion from the Senate for making public documents pertinent Kavanaugh's time as a top White House aide to President George W. Bush. But GOP mocked him for grandstanding ahead of a possible 2020 run, saying it had already cleared the emails for release. In a striking political gambit, Booker, backed by Democratic Senator Mazzi Hirano of Hawaii, released emails, which had been designated as Committee Confidential, that referenced Kavanaugh's position on racial profiling and thoughts on Roe versus Wade, dating from his time as White House official under Bush. So Cory Booker may be pulling a stunt, maybe pulling the freedom card, maybe just being Cory Booker is doing a big thing and showing exactly who he is and what he thinks about Brett Kavanaugh and maybe about the country in the direction that it's headed in. Next headline we pull from the BBC, but it's... All American in origin. Here it goes. New U.S. news anchor skull fractured in fracas with colleague posted on Saturday, September the 1st. This one gets a bump of response of 6.12% from the number nine story on Cory Booker. Here is the details. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's not a very big story, a very detailed story, but we pulled it from the BBC. A local U.S. TV weather presenter has been arrested after a row that left a news anchor with a fractured skull. WSAZ-TV Chelsea Ambrose, 26, is charged with misdemeanor battery. She allegedly shoved station host Erica Blevins in Charleston last Sunday. As well as a fractured skull, the West Virginia anchor suffered a ruptured eardrum in the altercation, the Charleston Gazette Mail reports. It is not clear where the alleged fight occurred or what was the cause Ms. Ambrose could face up to a year in jail, according to the Gazette Mail. She is scheduled to appear in Kiwana Magistrate Court on 21 September. WSAZ station manager could not be reached for comment on Friday. So, there you go. We're not going to make any catty jokes about women in broadcasting, but you're free to make the catty jokes about women broadcasting in your head. Go ahead. We don't judge. No, that's not true. We actually judge a lot around here. Let's move on to the next headline for the story in the number seven spot. It is one of the two Cincinnati stories that are, oddly enough, crime stories, but not related to themselves. Several shot at Cincinnati Bank, suspect poorly in custody. This coming from, to us on Thursday, the 6th of September, a bump response from the eight story of 1.92%. A few lines from that story that we have from Yahoo News, the Reuters who actually pulled the story first. A gunman dressed in a business suit opened fire inside a bank in downtown Cincinnati early on Thursday, killing three people and wounding others before being shot and killed by police, authorities said. The shooter began firing inside a loading dock at the Fifth Third Bank headquarters near Fountain Square. Police said he entered a lobby where he exchanged fire with law enforcement. A quote from Cincinnati's Mayor John Crowley is this. He was actively shooting innocent victims, it appears, and our officers were able to kill him and stop the threat very quickly. So that's a very sad story on that end. And it's one of two stories that picked up pace from you guys out of Cincinnati that were crime related. The other one, 
I should say police related. The other one's going to be a bit of a head scratcher and maybe maybe upset you a bit. So when we get there, we'll put a, a warning on that one as we get a little further into the countdown for stories. Let's move on to the next story, which is in the number six spot this week. Buckingham Palace plays Aretha Franklin's Respect on Day of Funeral. This happened on September the 1st. At least we got the story September the 1st on 2018. And this gives a bumper response from the seventh story of 1.89%. Now, there were dueling funeral divas happening this week as we have the passing of John McCain basically last weekend uh, going through a full four days simulating of funerals. And then Aretha Franklin, who passed two weeks ago, essentially, having her big funeral that lasted about eight hours in Detroit on Friday while John McCain lied and stayed in the in the rotunda of the Capitol, I'm sure, or in the rotunda of the Capitol. And people had one of many things going on. It's real funeral. It's big funeral happening on Friday, on Saturday, of course. Uh, we did get this story, of course, took a day to get to us here in the conversation but the next day after the funeral for aretha franklin we got news and reports and video of the royal buckingham palace band playing respect on friday the day before or m- maybe ahead of time based on our time uh on the day of her funeral showing their respect for aretha franklin and the queen of soul even though they have their own queen to um show respect to showing some love to detroit's own america's own aretha franklin Let's move to the second Cincinnati story, and this one is a bit disturbing, so bear with me as I go through this one. It's hard to kind of fathom, but just you have to go with it. We got it from the Sun-Times of Chicago, so that's where the actual story we pulled from. Uh, pulled off the USA Today network, so it's a connect story, essentially, uh, wire like that, that route. But the headline goes like this. Cincinnati cop who tasered girl. Quote, this is why there are no grocery stores in the black community, unquote. Uh, fifth story, as we said, a bumper response from the six, 17.28%. Let me read you a couple lines because it's just that amazing that this thing happened. Cincinnati police investigators said that an officer who deployed a taser to stop an 11-year-old girl from shoplifting violated the department's use of force policy, but also found problems with his telling the girl, quote, you know, sweetheart, this is why there are no grocery stores in the black community, unquote. The comment was caught on Officer Kevin Brown's body camera and is the second time the officer is accused of making inappropriate comments while doing his job. Two years ago, he was written up for using a homophobic slur in reference to alleged domestic violence victim, though the woman did not hear it. Councilman Wendell Young, a former police officer, said, quote, I just don't know if you have room on the police department for people like this. This guy, from what I'm hearing, had serious issues. He is apparently polices the way he feels, unquote. Young said he's not cavalier about anyone's employment, but said, quote, there comes a time you have to cut your losses, unquote. This story gets deeper and deeper, so you may want to go look for it and get real details. But there are issues of problems in policing, and there are issues of really, really bad policing. This one is is bad policing a bad police officer doing crappy police work uh some of these things are spur of the moment things that turn to bad 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 decisions in the moment some of these things are just people who make bad decisions all the time there's the commentary i have on that one let's move on to the fourth story this week man turns on pet cam just as friend leaps to her death in new york city 
gone posted on Monday, September the 3rd. Bump a response from the five story of 2.63%. I'm just going to read you a couple lines from the story so you can kind of get the gist of this one. We got this from the New York Post. A woman leaped to her death from a Park Avenue building Monday as the friend she was apartment sitting for watched in horror in real time from his doggy cam, law enforcement sources told the Post. Constance Tyler, 51, of California, had a history of psychological problems, psychiatric problems, and was experiencing financial woes when she threw herself from the 11th floor of 40 Park Avenue near East 36th Street at around 8.50 a.m., the sources said. She had been minding the apartment for a friend who was returning home from the airport when she jumped. The pal tried reaching her by phone, and when she didn't answer, he grew concerned and switched on the doggy camera inside the apartment, sources said. That's when he saw her opening the window and jumping out, sources said. We're not going to go into deeper details because it tells more of the kind of gruesome details of what went on. If you want to check this one out, you want to check it out. Now, this is something I do often about reminding people about suicide prevention. It's sort of my thing. And September is actually um, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I don't have details in front of me, but this is another time where I want to remind you about the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Doesn't take much, just a simple phone call to get yourself down from a situation that's dire, at least in your head, that may not be as bad as you think. If you're in a bad situation, call a friend, find someone to make it their business, or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK, 1-800-273-8255, or just call 911 and they'll get you in contact with a crisis counselor at that moment. It's not worth it. It's not going to fix anything. Suicide is never the answer. Take a breath. Take some time. Find someone to help you through it and get some help. Let's move on to the next headline, going to the number three story. Kansai International Airport submerged as Typhoon Jeb hits Japan. Tuesday, September the 4th on this one, bump a response of 100.2% from the number four story. And trust me, it gets even weirder on the bumps past there. Let's read you a few lines from the story we have. We have it listed from the BNO News. Uh, this is a couple of lines about the details here. Typhoon Jeb has made landfall in western Japan, flooding a major airport on a man-made island and leaving a trail of destruction, officials say. At least seven people were killed and more than 200 people injured. Jebi, I should say, Jebi, which means swallow in Korean, made landfall on the island of Shinoku at around noon on Tuesday. It was the strongest typhoon to hit one of Japan's main islands since 1993 when Typhoon Yancey killed 48 people. As Jebby made its second landfall on the main island of Hoshu, it caused significant flooding at Kansai International Airport, which is located on a small man-made island off Izumu. There's more details on that. There's video of the airport just being washed over. And remember, this is a man-made island. This is something that wasn't really made to be sitting on top of actual dry ground. In most cases, the space would be consumed by water anyway, so it was easily consumed by the water of the typhoon as it rolled into the airport. So, of course, we were sending out thoughts and prayers to the people that dealt with that situation. Uh, it's all cleaned up now. The airport's back to running conditions. But I'm sure it was a very serious, very scary time at the moment. Our number two story is a heart heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, and a heart-uplifting story all at the same time. 
Fans defend Cosby Show actor Jeffrey Owens' gig at Trader Joe's. Sunday, September the 2nd is when we posted this one. Uh, this was a top response on Facebook this week and has a bumper response of 9.14% from the number three story. Now, little backstory on this one. A fan, if you will, a person shopping at a Trader Joe's, uh, notice a familiar person bagging groceries, doing this, doing the checkout stuff. It was Jeffrey Owens, who, of course, known for being uh, playing a, a role on The Cosby Show, uh, playing Elvin, the brother-in-law, on The Cosby Show. Uh, but that, of course, was 20, 30 years ago. And now he's just some guy at Trader Joe's. Somebody snapped a picture of it. A couple outlets picked it up. Fox was the biggest one to really blow it up and got a lot of exposure of this guy, now a quote-unquote working actor, working at a grocery store. Guess what? The people of the Internet spoke. They weren't happy about the treatment of the whole thing. Let's get into some lines from the story. This is off of Vibe where we pulled this particular story, and it gets bigger in a bit. Let me tell you about what happened at this point. Celebrity status doesn't equate financial freedom, but the notion exists creating false ideas and assumptions about those who bear a talent we don't possess. It's also what caused many gossip and news outlets to shame former Cosby show actor Jeffrey Owens for having a side gig at Trader Joe's. On Friday, August 31st, a story regarding the theater actor was published by Daily Mail and shared on Fox News when customer Karma Lawrence snapped a photo of Owens working at Trader Jones in Clifton, New Jersey. Lawrence, who is the who is the wife of the store's security manager, said she was shopping when he noticed she noticed the 57 year old. She went on to call the moment a shock to her. Quote, it made me feel really bad. I was like, wow, all those years of doing the show and you ended up as a cashier, she said. Okay, so we're going to stop reading that part right there, because at that point it gets, you know, a, a bit squirrely. But the people step up. Remember, you've seen this person lately. Some of the things he's been in, including episodes of Elementary, parts of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, dialogue, Divorce and Blue Bloods, uh, Divorce on HBO, Blue Bloods on CBS. He's in, in a couple things. He's done some stage things. He actually is, was teaching acting for a while on a big level. And, of course, his father is a big-time politician in uh, the New England area. So why is he working at Trader Joe's? Because he wants to be open for any auditions for other things, and working at a place like Trader Joe's has a flexible schedule. Bam. There you go. It works. It also puts food on the table, and it's a noble job. So people around the world, including plenty of famous people, standing up for Jeffrey Owens in this case because... He's just working, literally just working. Somebody's bugging him at the job. This has turned into a massive um, outcrying of people just for work shaming, number one, and just a lot of great things for Jeffrey Owens, who is now, I believe as we're speaking, working on a new season of, of a show on OWN uh, for Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's moved all his production shows basically to Oprah's network. And he offered Jeffrey a job, and I'm pretty sure he took the job. He's done a couple interviews here or there about what's going on. And so the fact that this thing sort of happened, there are cases where people who are at the top do reach the rock bottom, and it's a really, really sad, pathetic thing. This one just seemed like a working actor doing what he does, working between acting because he isn't the star of The Cosby Show. Oh, by the way, The Cosby Show is not on the air very much anymore, so that means any of the royalties he'd be getting from being on episodes coming there, those checks are a little fewer and far between as well. So the man tr literally trying to feed his family, 
It's getting shamed by some random person, and that turns into something else. And the final story for this week, or the number one story, is another shaming on top of a shaming. So there's a bigger issue here, but this is the story that actually charted. We taught it. We did put in issues on the catalyst for the story, if you will. But the top Twitter impression and the number two Facebook impression for this week came to this story. It was huge. It got a bumper response from the two story of 287% from the number 10 story on Serena Williams, 1,108%. And the almost relevant story this week, which, by the way, number 128, forgot to tell you about that, 10,325% more engagement than that story. Here's the headline, then we'll just read into the story we got from USA Today. Big and Rich Singer urges Nike boycott over Colin Kaepernick ad. We're just going to just read the story from the story and roll with that. Hours after apparel company Nike unveiled a new ad featuring former San Francisco 49er quarterback Colin Kaepernick, country singer John Rich responded with a series of tweets blasting the decision. Hey, Nike, I guess you made Kaepernick 7 your new face of the brand because you love the way his socks look on your shoes. Reebok, here we come. That's a quote from one tweet. Rich, one half of Big and Rich and owner of Lower Broadway's Redneck Riviera Honky Tonk, followed it up with pictures of his sound man after cutting up the Nike logo from his socks. Twitter as well. The singer whose signature hat hit... With the multi-platinum selling Big and Rich's Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, followed it up by saying to watch Nike stock by the time next week and responded to several tweets responding to the cut-up socks. Another quote from a tweet, He's burning them as soon as he gets to Nashville, he said. You can bet your expletive on that, big shot. Kaepernick, who remains a free agent after last playing in NFL in 2016, will be one of the faces of Nike's 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. The quarterback has become a polarizing figure due to his protests of police brutality and social inequality during the playing of the national anthem in NFL games. He sat and kneeled during the anthem in 2016 preseason and continued to protest throughout the rest of the season. We can go deeper and deeper into what's going on. Essentially, the beef John Rich has with Nike is the fact they put Colin Kaepernick on the ad, which people have. And the beef he has specifically is Colin Kaepernick and his protests, which people have beefs with. And what he was picking out particularly was the image he was picked up with the socks that had uh, police officers as pigs, which Colin Kaepernick, at this point, admitted probably wasn't the best look and the best pair of socks put on for that day. So this is a bigger issue than itself. The ad was first aired last night as we record this on a Friday during the first NFL football season of the year, which was football game of the season, should say, which was the Atlanta Falcons at the Philadelphia Eagles. It aired earlier throughout the internets for about a day or so after they announced this campaign. And what it was was a big montage of different people overcoming different things. It also included Serena Williams in the video clip, some other stars as well, uh, some athletes who were, uh, we'll say disabled for lack of a better term, but uh, who had shown uh, remarkable abilities to to compete, including a wrestler with no legs. And at the end, put out the line, which is, of course, what everyone is saying, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Colin Kaepernick essentially sacrificing his career for what he believes in, the protests, which, of course, the meeting is also lost as well. How you feel about Colin Kaepernick and the protests and Nike is up to you. I'll be totally honest. I don't care what you think about it. I don't really care what 
what John Rich thinks about it. I'm not even all that that jazz about the ad campaign, if you will. The ad was a good campaign. Uh, Colin Kaepernick being put as a face of it is more of a marketing ploy, and I can live with that, and I tend to not buy Nikes because I just like different brands of shoes, not because I'm protesting. However, when you get upset, you get uppity, you get mad, you want to start blasting things out because you have a platform, you've got to remember that blowtorch that you own is dangerous can be a problem and can spark a fire in places you would never think of. So think of that next time you want to speak out against something. And also think about the fact that in this day and age, in 2018 and moving beyond, this isn't a place where we can have conversations in the barbershop and no one except the folks at the barbershop really know about it and the secondhand stories just get kind of blown out of proportion. People are recording everything. Anything you are typing in a computer gets recorded, gets logged. Anything you send out to the Internet is there forever because even if you try to erase it, someone's probably saved it for their benefit, not for yours. So words matter, context matter, and feelings and emotions matter. Overall, yes, all lives matter and all people matter, but this is not the forum for that debate right here. This is a reminder to anyone out there who, who takes a drunken selfie or sends out a quick, stupid tweet because they thought of something really funny as a quip to remember those images, those pixels will come back to you at some point in time. Maybe it'll garner you a great response from rousing crowds like it seems to do for our president of the United States. Maybe it will send you packing to another country like it's seeming to do to Stark, Roseanne Barr. But those words you put out there just kind of randomly are probably not random. And number two, will probably not randomly come back to you. They'll come back to you with full force and very, very, very pointed action. So think about that before you put whatever out there on there. There's your PSA for today. The Nike ad notwithstanding, apparently everybody's talking about it. I'm talking about it. You're talking about it although you're talking about it from the standpoint of what John Rich said about it, it's the biggest thing going on despite all the other big things that happened this week. And that's it. There's your stories from 10 to 1, the top 10 stories this week as voted on by you, literally by you, in the response from our social media. We take all the responses and count them up, putting them in a spreadsheet, and bam, it tells me what's top to bottom. So that's the one you liked to be in the notion, be in the game. Get your number said next week. If you're not following us on Facebook or Twitter, just do that. How about that for a sick way? Facebook, this is the conversation. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Make sure you make sure that you make sure we are set to be in your feed. You get messages from us. We are a primary source, a main source. We're not a secondary source, so we don't miss out on what's going on or just stop by our pages and our, pa- our, our pages on Facebook and Twitter every so often and see what's going on and click a few that you like. Respond to some that you don't like, maybe. Share with friends, lovers, and people who just walk into your space because they're there. We want great conversations with great people, and that means we need more great people to make sure we're having great conversations. Coming up in just a bit, we will go through the 
final five, or the five that didn't quite make it into the top ten, round that out, getting to the number 128 story this week, the almost relevant story, and a little bit of housekeeping to get things settled. And shout-outs. You want to know who? Just wait a few minutes as we get a couple things and in the radio business say, pay some bills. Got to keep this thing going. So we'll be right back after a quick, quick, quick break. This is the weekly wrap-up show from This is the Conversation. This is for the week ending September the 8th, 2018. Cloud9 Living is a great place. It's a great service. It's a great thing. Cloud9 Living allows you to live in the clouds or in fire or inside of rapids or inside of mountains or in really fast cars. Cloud9 Living allows you to get the great experience that you've always dreamed of. And if you're one like me who isn't all that into the great experiences, buy gift cards, give to other people so they have those great experiences on their own with you nowhere nearby. That's the way I do things with my wife. She wants a great experience. She got to go drive race cars by herself. I got to do something nice and quiet away from the race cars by myself. It worked out great on that end. So if you're as adventurous slash unadventurous as we are, it works out awesomely. If you have someone who's willing to make the plunge with you, then it works out even better, I guess. Cloud9 Living allows you to get the experience and create that experience just the way you believe it. Making the experience and memories since 2005, and they have just plenty of them ready to go. You can go to their website and pick a city destination that's nearby you or a city that you'd always like to see and see how to get there and do it from there. Or you can just pick the actual destination, the actual experiences. Some include driving, flying, uh, cruises, golf, things that are really kind of tame there, food, and just ex- glamorous, excurious date nights. And of course, buy the gift certificate so that they can choose a dream for themselves if you can't be with them or don't want to be with them. There's easy exchanges with no expiration dates on the gift cards, and you can return your purchases within 30 days. It's that simple. But we have an extra special gift for you if you visit our website and go to this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's cloud and numeral nine. This is a conversation.com slash cloud nine and get a great extra deal on top of the deals they offer you for your experiences, which are once in a lifetime or maybe twice if you pay for them again at cloud nine living. I'm Dan. I'm Kenton. And we are the host of the Media Nerds Podcast, a weekly look at all things media. Hey, Trotsky, you're in advertising. Be it radio, TV, online, movies, yeah, Netflix, all media. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. We love the media. And if you love the media, <laughs> we love you. Yes, and you should listen to our podcast because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, what the hell? Listen. And it's just the media. Media Nerds Podcast every week at MediaNerdsPodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play. What do you have? To lose. By the way, it's Pottern. I always ask you that. Pottern family, yeah. P-O-T-T. P-O-D-E-R. Pottern Pottern. modern family. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Shoutouts for the week, and we're glad to have all you great folks who contributed to all the conversations. But we get extra drops for people who join, who comment, who share things, so we get the extra sense of those folks. And some of those folks, including on the Facebook side, include Derek Jones, also Kate Barnett, without her sibling this week, Saigon Willow, Rel Devane, Stephanie Suzanne Williams, and or Sunshine Williams, should say, and folks like that. Glad to have you on this week. Some Twitter love as well to a few people who uh, made the case and got themselves in. Like I said, they just shared something. Their name popped up in the notifications. People like Weight Loss and Diet. Thank you for being there with us. Famous Birthdays also chime in as we do the birthday calls out these weeks. Um, Michael Von Irvin. Also, people like the AARP goddess doing her thing. And Per Zane and another couple quick ones, Steve Keating and Joe Rogers. Thank you so much for joining us, for following us, for tweeting, retweeting, uh, sharing, commenting as things go along. Let's go ahead and get into the number, the almost irrelevant story of the week, which is number 128 per this week. 128 distinct different headlines. Had a couple of chances to do some super stories, and we didn't. We'll explain that in a second. Uh, but let's go to this one first. The headline is, Dark Energy, Mystery Force Driving Expansion of Universe Might Not Exist. We, uh, we have this from Newsweek. I'm going to read a little bit from the article, basically the best way to explain it. Dark Energy, the hypothetical force that scientists believe make up the bulk of the universe and is driving its expansion, might not exist. Professor Subhu Sakar, a particle physicist at the UK's University of Oxford, said that as we gather more evidence about the universe and its expansion, the case for dark energy gets weaker and weaker. We can go deeper and deeper into this, but dark energy essentially was proposed in 1990. I guess can't say it was found if they don't think it's actually there because it's something you can't really see. There are a lot of people who are skeptical from way back when, and now they're seeing the evidence isn't quite proving it that it exists. It's improved, it's you know, proving more or less the opposite, that some other thing is expanding the universe. Let's go through the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10 list with the number 11 story first. Emirates playing quarantine at JFK after 100 people feeling sick. This is one that's a little weird because this one almost got super story status. We looked at it. It was pretty high on its own. But there was a second story that came out later today. We also posted on where we got the updates from. Obviously, there were people um, giving updates from being on the plane and people from actual reputable reports. Uh, but we found that a lot of details we got inside the plane was from Vanilla Ice, Rob Van Winkle, Ice Ice Baby. Let's get to the story as we actually had it. We'll talk about Mr. Van Winkle in just a moment. This is an update to that story. At least 19 people have been confirmed sick after a plane landed on JFK Airport Wednesday morning with dozens on the Plan international flight reportedly feeling ill. Emirates Flight 203 from Dubai was quarantined on the runway for hours after 106 of the 521 people on board the flight reported ill. The cause of the outbreak has not been confirmed, but a Jamaica hospital spokesperson says multiple patches on the crew treated were experienced headaches, sore throat, coughs, and fevers. Now, as we said, we got a lot of details from people dealing with the plane in real time. We got a lot of real time details from Vanilla Ice, who happened to be apparently on the plane. Um, and so he was able to give people the deets on what was going on. No word on um, what whatever was going on, but he apparently did not get ill from the contagion of the flight. That's all we know about that end. Going to the number 12 story this week, headline, Will Wheaton on, quoting, on quitting social media, quote, 
I don't deserve to be treated so terribly, unquote. This is one that was not so surprising. We knew about this happening months ago. A lot of people are jumping off the social media bandwagon. A lot of people that are famous or should be getting more love from social media are finding is not what it ought to be. So a few lines from this one. Earlier this month, Will Wheaton decided to take part in a little protest called Deactivate Day. Deactivate Day. That's, of course, the the hashtag with that. The plan was for a bunch of people to delete their Twitter accounts because, among other reasons, social media platform had refused to oust hate-spewing conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Despite having been on Twitter since its early days, Wheaton happily walked away, finally free of the website's anxiety-inducing infinite scroll. Now, in a new post on his website, he details his decision to take things a step further and leave the whole of social media in its wake. Upon leaving Twitter, Wheaton began to search for an alternate social media space that would provide him with things he still enjoyed about engaging online, i.e. jokes, cat pictures, and occasional dopamine spike. Unfortunately, what he found when he turned to hot new microbiology site Mastodon was simply more of the same. And it goes into a clip. This We got the story from um, AV News. It goes to a, a portion of what he wrote on his website, basically saying, it's ridiculous. Social media is becoming just a cesspool of whatever you want to put in your cesspool. And he's done with it, moving on completely. Moving on to the next story this week that didn't quite make the cut. That's number 13. Brazilian candidate Jair Balsario stabbed during event. And so apologies for butchering that name. We're going to get to a bit pieces of the story, which we pulled from Yahoo News. Jair Bolsonaro, uh, a leading presidential candidate who he whose heated rhetoric has electrified some voters and angered some in a deeply polarized Brazil, was stabbed at a campaign event Thursday and suffered serious abdominal injuries. Police said the suspected attacker was in custody. Dr. Luis Henriquez Barroso, who performed emergency surgery, said Thursday night that the right-wing candidate was in serious but stable condition and would remain in intense care for at least seven days. The first round of Brazil's presidential election is October the 7th. Now, here's the basic of what happened. The candidate was... In at a rally for all practical terms, hanging out with his peeps, being carried by his supporters through the streets in a rally in a city, and somebody stabbed him. That's literally what happened. We can moan, groan, and complain about people and politics here in the United States, but on a normal level, things like this, being stabbed at a rally, does not happen. If it happens in the future, maybe there will be some things to change the way we're talking to each other right now, but at the moment... This is not the norm for at least the us, U.S. us. If it's different from wherever you are, this is a world-reaching, globalish show. Let us know so we can talk about that. Let's move on to the next story, number 14 story. Uh, another possible super story, but the two stories didn't quite mesh up. This one is Infowars' Alex Jones and his clash with Republican Senator Marco Rubio, which basically was a shouting match in the middle hallways in Congress, which turned to Rubio just saying, don't touch me, because Alex Jones touched him. Essentially a classroom fight between two kids who were saying, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you. It could have been bigger, maybe, but uh, it's just a matter of Alex Jones being Alex Jones being provocative. Speaking of which, Something that didn't make it into the listing, which why we didn't even consider it for possibly close enough to be a super story, was the fact that late yesterday, as we are recording this on a Friday, Alex Jones was booted officially off the Twitter platform for a violating a newer round of hate speech-like things. 
So Alex Jones and Infowars is now after Twitter was reluctant to put Tech knock them off the first time, not so reluctant to get rid of them forever. And the 15th story this week, another person who's seen this pretty vile and despondent around the world getting a bit of the boot. New Yorker has disinvited Steve Bannon, Bannon from its annual festival. Now, the New Yorker has an annual festival of speakers, teachers, and idea folks. And they always invite people who, who, to get things, to go deeper into things. Steve Bannon didn't have a quote-unquote interview, but he was a part of a Q&A quorum question thing as part of the thing. However, many of the actual celebrity type folks who were a part of the panels and part of the weekend and many of the goers themselves weren't too thrilled about it. So Steve Bannon found himself uninvited a few days into the announcement of his invite. That's all that happened. That's all it wrote. It's all it took to get him done. And that's all it takes this week to get us done for this whole thing, which is this is the Conversations Weekly Wrap-Up Show, and it's for the week ending September the 8th, 2018. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey, the whole journey from the point of getting it on the, the recording to getting the information there, which was done by having you do your thing. You got on the internets, followed us on Twitter and Facebook, and responded, replied, liked, loved, and shared our definite post inside the week that we talked about. All the stories we can just gather together were put up there, and you told us which words were important. It wasn't determined by a news editor, not by me, it literally by you. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation, and follow us on Facebook at this is a conversation.com, and just get in on the conversation. Make sure you share this podcast with as many folks as you can so that we get some love there. Visit our sponsors. Say hey to some of our our, our guys we're doing shout-outs for because they're doing great things. And make sure you do something get yourself shouted out as well. Uh, talk to me via social media at J. Cleveland Payne, pretty much everywhere it is. J. Cleveland Payne page on Facebook. And, of course, visit my website, jclevenpain.net, for all other things not about this is the conversation. The most important thing you can do, subscribe to this podcast, give it a rating and review if you have some time, and be here next week for another edition of the Weekly Wrap-Up Show here from thisisconversation.com.